and now I feel like I know most runners in the Salisbury area. Like sometimes when I see somebody running that I don't know, it surprises me. Diz Runs Radio episode 1142 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at AminoCo, makers of uh, some really high-quality amino acid supplements. And, you know, when it comes when it comes down to it, you know, and, and, and I don't know if this is the, the proper sponsor read, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, I'm a big fan of getting as much as possible in terms of vitamins, nutrients, nutrition, all those types of things from my diet, right? I try to eat clean, try to eat as healthily as possible. But that said, you know, sometimes it's nice to just make sure that any any little nooks and crannies, any little cracks, any little chinks in the armor, uh, at least from the, the dietary side of things, making sure that they're getting filled in, which is why, you know, at least for me, why I'm taking, you know, multivitamin and why also amino acids uh, from AminoCo are part of my semi-regular routine. Do I take them every day? I'm not going to pretend like I do. But is it is it in the mix, you know, every couple times a week, something like that? Usually after a long run, to kind of mix mix it in with my coffee, get a little a little hitter of amino acids to help spur the recovery, hit that heel blend. Absolutely, absolutely. And if that's something that you might like to to add to your mix, you know, still try to keep eating healthy, get your get your nutrition predominantly that way. But a little supplementation, you know, a little boost. I'm not going to say it's a bad thing because I kind of think it's a good thing. And uh, if you want to dip your toes into the amino acid game, I would recommend AminoCo. And uh, you can do so, support your body, and support the show simultaneously by using the code, uh, or using the link, I'm sorry, AminoCo.com slash DizRuns. That lets uh, the folks from AminoCo know that their sponsor money is being, uh, you know, is, is, is being well-received. And uh, you can also save yourself a few bucks on the back end by using the code DizRuns at checkout. That should save you 30% on your order. So AminoCo.com slash DizRuns to credit the show. DizRuns at checkout, save yourself 30%. And make sure that you're shoring up any little weak links in the nutrition game, at least in the amino acid front, uh, with supplements from AminoCo. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, my guest today is a lady that is uh, connected to the running community on multiple fronts, and uh, that includes both the online running community and the uh, the IRL, the in-real-life running community, which is, uh, you know, not something that all of us maybe can say that we that we are. I don't know. Maybe we all can. I don't know. Maybe I'm just the, the outlier. But one way or the other, um, with, with all of the different fronts that she's on, and I'm just going to leave that as a tease. I'm not even going to start cluing you in on some of them. Um, I can promise you there's no shortage of things that we can talk about today. I uh, probably won't get to all of it, but we'll, you know, we'll see where the conversation goes as always. So let's get the party started and officially welcome Miss Vanessa Junk into the show. So thanks for joining us today, Vanessa. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Good deal. Good deal. Looking forward to it. And y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation and want to get a little bit more of Vanessa in your life, uh, she's got a, she's got a blog, which there's, there's a, there's a spoiler, you know, one of, one of the things that we'll probably be talking about today, uh, her blog is still up and going and, and, uh, and, 
new content all the time. She runs by the seashore, a little tongue twister, which I practiced that a few times. No guarantees I'd still get it right. But she runs by the seashore.com is the website. Twitter and Instagram, if you want to find her on the social medias, at Vanessa Junkin, V-A-N-E-S-S-A-J-U-N-K-I-N on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and I believe there's a She Runs the Seashore uh, Facebook page as well if you want to follow her there. Dizruns.com slash 1142. Dizruns.com slash 1142. As always, we'll have everything linked up. No doubt we're going to talk about some races and different things. We'll have race links, social media links, anything else we talk about, photos, the whole nine as per usual. Dizruns.com slash 1142. So, Vanessa, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show is with a pretty... I like to think it's a pretty simple question, and it's pretty simple because I, I just get to ask it, and it's like eight words long. And I, like even I can't... Well, I, I better not say I can't screw up eight words. I've done it before, but typically I can get the, the eight words right. Um, but for some folks, it's an easy one to answer. Some folks, it's a little bit more complicated. Um, but all that to say, it's a good place to start the conversation. It's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Yes, yeah, so I think I'm one of the people that it is probably a little bit harder to answer, but I did think about this question. So um, recently I have really been enjoying the marathon, primarily because I'm trying to use it as a way to see different areas of the country and travel to different states. Um, I've run marathons in 11 states so far, but I do, um, I really enjoy racing lots of different different distances as well like I've been trying to work on my speed some and if I were to pick the distance that I am probably the best at it would probably be the 10k Mm -hmm. so I I see a lot of value in different distances but I have been enjoying traveling for the marathon gotcha gotcha it's that's um that's an interesting way to answer because it's kind of the way that I tend to answer it too in terms of I feel like I, I feel like the marathon is my favorite distance, but I, I don't feel like it's my my best uh, distance to really race hard. Like I still haven't quite cracked the marathon. Maybe maybe you never crack the marathon. It's it's long enough and hard enough. And if you're going to push yourself for 26.2 miles, like there's there's always that that variable. But the, the, all that to say, there haven't been too many times that, that I have heard other people answer the question along that that similar fashion. Um, what is it for you? And, and I, don't, I don't know if this is a great question or not, which typically they're not, but one way or the other, we'll get there. Um, like, how do you define the difference for you in terms of, I enjoy the marathon, but I think I'm better at the 10 K if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. So the reason that I picked the marathon to kind of travel for is because I usually only do about two a year, Um, You know, it might change depending on the year, but I spend a lot of time leading up to that. So I don't um, do as much um, specific training for shorter distances, although I'm kind of always training for something. But um, so my first marathon was in 2013, and it was the Rehoboth Seashore Marathon. And unfortunately, that is still my fastest. So I think that is part of my problem. I've gotten slower and it's harder for me to sustain. I mean, it's harder for anybody to sustain speed over a longer distance, but I think I do it better for a race like the 10 K. Like if I think about where I am probably the most competitive, the 10 K is a good balance of being able to push with that speed, but then it's not that long. So it, um, I mean, it, it could be, it could feel long, but it's not like the marathon where I'm like, I, 
I need to learn a better balance, I think, for that. But for the 10K, I can normally stick it out. And um, for a while, I was hovering just above 50 minutes. Um, now I've gotten slower, but I'm hoping to get my 10K time back under an hour this year. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's 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 just such a an interesting, maybe from a non-runner's perspective, more interesting of like, yeah, you know, it's it's fast, but it's not too long. But it's but then you're like, well, you know, 50 minutes, an hour, 40, whatever it is, like that's still a long time to be pushing hard. But like, you know, you talk to to marathoners and certainly into ultra distance, you're like, yeah, you know, like six miles, like yeah, it's just not even not even a quarter of the way there. Like we're just, we're still warming up at that point. So it's just, you know, one of the beauties of our sport, I think is, is all the different variety of, of distances. And of course you start to throw trail running into it. So now you've got terrains and of course you got the tracks that like, like there's just so many different places to kind of find, you know, find your, your sweet spot or it kind of sounds like for you really kind of dip your toes in. Maybe not, I don't know whether trains or not, maybe we'll get there, maybe we're not, but at least different distances, always, always finding different, different ways to challenge yourself, push yourself, and maybe kind of that helps to keep things from getting stale a little bit. Definitely. So I like to test myself at different distances. And I feel like sometimes seeing where I am at other distances can help me kind of estimate how I will do at mm-hmm. other distances. Um, and I have dabbled in some different terrain as well. Um, I recently did the Algonquin 50K, um, which was in February. So that's a trail race. Um, Kind of you never know exactly what you're going to get, and oftentimes it's very wet. But um, this year it was very cold and very dry. So some positives, um, some negatives. The cutoff for that is eight hours, and I um, crossed the finish line in 8.02 and changed. So I was just over the cutoff, but that was my second finish at that event and previously I had two DNFs leading up to this year so I was happy to to do that but all races are a different challenge for different reasons oh isn't that the truth and if you've if you've run enough if you've run I don't know more than more than a couple of races you've especially at different distances you've definitely experienced that um yeah it no two races are alike and then yeah you start going longer and different terrains and oh goodness, even, even something like, you know, a, a trail race, like, like, I don't know too much about Algonquin, but I know enough to be dangerous. Um, but like you said, normally it's wet this year, cold and dry. I mean, you know, a wet course versus a cold and dry course. It's, it's the same race. It's the same distance, but boy, it's, it's kind of two different races one year to the next, or at least it has the, the possibility of being so. Definitely. I mean, last year, um, I didn't finish. I was having some issues with plantar fasciitis and I just couldn't keep up the pace that I needed to. But last year it was about, I would say probably about 60 degrees. And then this year, I don't think it got above freezing. So, I mean, even that was a challenge because I don't, um, I'm not a huge fan of running in the heat. I still do it, but it definitely has a huge effect on me. So 60 degrees after it had been cold all winter was actually a little bit too hot. Well, and, and, and yeah, and and the, 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 I mean, 60 degrees is, is, a lot of a lot of folks would say it's it's definitely warmer than ideal, but then you start to you know if it's if that's the random warm weekend of February in in the mid Atlantic region uh, coming out of out of winter like that sixty feels more like eighty and then yeah it's it's a uh, it's a it's a factor no no doubt about it definitely so uh, how'd you get started in the sport of running Vanessa is it something I mean I know you said first first marathon you know closing in on ten years ago now goodness time flies twenty thirteen was was ten years ago. Um, was, was that kind of the first four way? Had you, had you run before that? Like, where'd you get started in the sport? 
Yeah, so I actually got started um, well before that. Um, I'm 42, but I've actually been running for, I would say, close to 19 years. So I first got started in running um, when I was about to go into high school. And I was trying to make the high school soccer team. So in order to make the team, you were supposed to run a mile in under eight minutes. So I worked on that throughout the summer. I started out with one lap around the track, and I worked my way up. Um, it's probably a little different than I would train now, but that was how I trained at that time. And I did run the mile in under eight minutes. Um, I didn't make the team um, just because I wasn't as good at soccer. And then I also tried out for basketball. I had played rec for both sports, so I was not um, – super skilled in either one. I mean, I might have been good for rec, but um, so I didn't make basketball either. And then I ended up running track in high school for four years. Um, nobody gets cut from track. So I wasn't the best there, but I had, um, you know, I had some promise, I guess. And then when I was a senior, I decided to run cross country for the first time, which was probably where I really started to fall in love with running more. Um, that was the 5K distance, and we traveled to different schools and ran on trails. And um, so that kind of got me into running. I didn't really want to run at the college level, and I would have had to have gone to a smaller school for that anyway. But um, I did keep running recreationally, and I worked my way up through the distances. Um, I know a lot of people have started with a long super long distance like the marathon but I kind of went from started out with track and then I did a 5k and then later I did a 10k um I ran my first 10 miler um I believe in 2009 and then my first half marathon in 2011 and then I did my first marathon in 2013 so um kind of worked my way up over the years and distances and now I enjoy doing um, kind of all the different distances up to that 50k that I did. Gotcha, gotcha. One one would make the argument, I would make the argument that you did it the right way. You know, kind of yeah. ease in and and progress. You know, gradually and and build the experience. Um, unlike some of us clowns that were like, I mean, show, show, shows my ignorance of going to sign up for my first half marathon. It was sold out, but the marathon had spots open. I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, how could it be? It can't be that much more difficult, right? Like half full, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert! Definitely. It was it was that much more difficult, um, and uh, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But but here we are. So, um, you know, in in that in that progression, it, you know, it's 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 easy to to sit here and be like, you know, yeah, you know, climbing up the ladder a little bit, a little bit longer every couple of years, things like that. Um, makes it sound like it was pretty smooth sailing. Uh, but the, the running coach in me, you know, like not that I enjoy. Uh, the struggles, but I mean, that's, that's kind of, I think, I think kind of part of, of why people work with me, right. Is to kind of help them through the, the rough patches and things like that. So I'm always, always curious, was it, was it, and sometimes it is, it really was pretty smooth sailing, a pretty smooth progression. Uh, but in those, you know, the, those first, you know, four five, eight years between um, kind of starting in track and, and running that first marathon, um, was it, was it a pretty smooth progression or were there some bumps along the way? Um, I would say it was relatively smooth, but there's always going to be bumps. So, of course, um, so before I did my first half, which was the Shamrock Half Marathon in Virginia Beach, um, I decided to do this race called Funt with uh, my boyfriend and another friend. And um, at the time, it was 
um, basically like a fat ass run, like mm. free. Basically, everybody brings stuff. Now it's um, extremely well marked and um, it sells out basically a year in advance. But at this time, it was very, very small. So I went with them to do the race. I was going to do the 20K. Um, they were going to do the 50K. But um, we had gotten lost early on, and then I didn't want to um, get separated from them because I was afraid of getting lost. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just keep going with them. <laughs> and so at, later on, there was a turnoff to do a marathon instead of a 50K. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing the 50K at this point. So I did turn off. And since we got lost, I do not know exactly what my distance was. I didn't have a watch at that time. Um, it was in 2011. So, so that I actually cried during that. <laughs> so that was certainly hard. Um, and I feel like I've actually had kind of more struggles lately in my running um, than I did because I, 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 when I started running, I was a lot faster. Um, my first half was under two hours. Um, now I'm probably closer to maybe like a 2.30. Um, last year I struggled a lot with coughing while I was running, and it took me like four doctors or uh, lots of different steps along the way to find out what it was. And it was basically just like an issue with the way that I was breathing. Mm -hmm. So now that I have been able to resolve that along with the plantar fasciitis that I had last year, um, now I'm trying to improve my times again, but I feel like it has been hard to know what I used to be able to do and then what I can do now and trying to make goals that are reasonable, but still feel like I'm improving. Gotcha. Do you mind if we dive into that a little bit more? Sure. And, and the reason I ask is, is I mean, I, I think it's probably, I don't know how common, but, but I, I don't think it's probably rare for people to, especially that have been running for a while, to, to feel like they've somehow regressed, pace is getting slower, things like that. And, and Lord knows, you know, there's a few folks that I work with that have similar type of concerns or questions or, you know, drives to, to get back to paces that they ran um you know, whether it was three years, five years, 10 years previous. Um, but just kind of curious, and, and it kind of sounds like, at least for a while, maybe that was a little bit disheartening, discouraging for you. Am I, am I reading the tea leaves correctly, or, or were you kind of not as pace-driven as some runners tend to be? Yeah, so I think it's been disappointing. Like, it's kind of been um, – I've kind of gotten used to it because it has been – I think the last time I said a PR other than – maybe a new distance was like the 50 K was about 2014. So, um, you know, we're coming up on 10 years. Um, however, um, what I have been doing for the past, uh, few years is I will set goals to beat times from the last year. So last year I set goals to beat times from both 2020 and 2021. And then this year I am trying to beat, my times from 2020 to 2022 so I'm trying to get myself like in for a while I had a goal to run a 10k in under 50 minutes which I would still like to do eventually but it just kind of stopped making sense to put that as a goal every year because I probably won't do that this year but um I have been trying to work on different things like I'm not the best about doing strength training but I have been trying to do some home workouts and I've been doing yoga. So I'm trying to think about um, 
what I can do to make my running better. And I'm not sure if part of the reason I was faster before, like I did work hard, but I feel like I actually run more now. So that is also disappointing, but you know, I have obviously gotten older in the past 10 years. So even being 32, I think it makes a difference compared to 23 or 24. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, as, as, as I kind of joke, but I think it's, it's, I, I think there's some good natured seriousness to it as well. Like, you're older than you've ever been, but it kind of beats the alternative because near as I can tell, there's no way to dial the odometer of the age back. So either, you know, you don't, you don't keep getting older or you keep getting older. Like those are, those are the two yes. options. So I definitely choose getting older. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, has, has, has the, like, I love the idea of, of shifting the focus to, you know, maybe I can get back to some of these PRs at some point, but this year, maybe not so much, but what can I do that would still be challenging and, and, and looking back at, you know, the last couple of years, a little bit more recent time frame, and, and chasing those, those, um, goals. Um, and I feel like that's, that's hopefully potentially a good way to kind of start building some momentum. You start chipping away a little bit instead of, you know, maybe sub, you know, for your example, 50 minutes under the, the, for the 10 K, like maybe that seems like a, a bridge too far, but can we, can we knock it back down to 60 minutes or to 58 minutes or whatever, whatever might be, you know, a little bit more within reach. And then, you know, if you can keep doing that, you know, dot, dot, dot in theory, um, all of a sudden 50 becomes a little bit more, um, attainable. And then, you know, you go after it and you, you, you blow it out of the water and then we'll look at that, you know, a new PR 10 years, 12 years, 15 years later, like, like is, is possible, but it just, you know, takes some, takes some work and some, some dedication. Is that kind of the, the mindset that you have with, with, you know, chasing times from the last few years instead of, you know, overall PRs right now? Yeah, I think that makes it more doable. It kind of breaks it down into chunks. So in 2019, for example, I did run 10 K under an hour. So um, this year I'm going to try to get back under an hour. And then, you know, if I do that, I can reassess for 2024 based on how well I did this year and be like, okay, this year, maybe I want to get under 58 or something like that, depending on, you know, depending on how I do. Yeah, totally. I, I love it. I love it. Quick reminder right here that today's episode of the show is in fact sponsored by AminoCo. Uh, AminoCo.com slash DizRuns is the link. Once again, DizRuns at checkout saves you 30%. And if you have certain dietary preferences from vegan, 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 I don't know. That's not the right way to say it. Vegan. There we go. I knew that. I just can't talk some days. But vegan, vegetarian, uh, paleo, keto, uh, grain-free, soy-free, AminoCo ticks all the boxes. So whatever dietary preferences you may have, pretty good chance that you're good to go with AminoCo. And if you're if you're the type of person that's like, I don't care, I eat all of the things, then guess what? AminoCo ticks that box too because it's a thing and you can, you can consume it. Help shore up your amino acid game a little bit. Make sure those building blocks are uh, getting everything they need to keep you strong, fit, healthy, and moving towards your running goals. So AminoCo.com slash DizRuns. And uh, once again, Diz runs at checkout. Save yourself thirty percent. So you know, and, and I guess I guess we'll get we'll get off of the the you know PRs that have been a while back. And and it's just it's just I, I one of the things I love about the sport, I guess, is that um, it's so easy to be be clock driven. But at the same time, like you can't outrun Father Time. And there's always those opportunities to to reassess whether it's you know new age groups, whether it's it's Masters versus you know you know, pre 40. So you're not in the master's category, grandmasters eventually, um, or just, you know, where have I been the last couple of years and how can we beat that? 
Um, and, and some people might say that, you know, that's moving the goalposts or whatever, but like, I don't see it as a bad thing. Like, I, you know, the beauty of running or one of the beauties of running is it's, it can be so individual. You set your own goals, you set your own metrics. Um, and, and, you know, if that, if that helps keep you, the competitive fires burning a little bit that, that may have started, you know, 20 years ago, going out for various high school teams and things like that, like more power to you. Yeah. I feel like whatever you can do to motivate yourself is basically the right choice for you. Like actually relating to the high school example as well. Like recently I have been working on trying to just personally get my time for the 1600, basically a mile, like four laps around the track, trying to get that back under eight minutes. Um, so the closest I got was last year I got to eight Oh five twice. So I'm hoping to do that this year too. Um, there aren't really, there don't seem to be that many mile races or anything. I know there's a few out there, but I'm just, I've been doing that at the beginning of every month just to kind of compare my times and, you know, have some fun on the track. And sometimes it brings back memories of trying to go for that, that sub eight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the frustrating part is that you're like, right. Like, like it's easy to be like, Oh, you're right there. It's five seconds. But like, that that's a big five seconds. It's not, it's, it, you know, and it's all relative, but like you get, you get that close to the goal and like, like that five seconds might feel like it's two or three minutes, but uh, hopefully, hopefully this year you'll, you'll crack that code and get back underneath eight minutes. Yeah. Thank you. I hope so. For sure. For sure. So um, one thing that I, I, I noticed on the website uh, on your blog is that um, pacing is something that you've done a, a little bit of as well. And I'm, I'm curious to, to kind of hear how you, how you got into doing a little bit of, of pacing of races. It is, yeah. So the first race that I paced was the Island to Island Half Marathon in Ocean City, which hasn't happened for a few years. But I paced the 250 group, and at that time I was faster, so that was um, a lot different than my normal um, pace. But I really enjoyed being able to help get runners to the finish line and I have some pictures um from that event and it just reminds me like there was one runner that was with me the whole time and it was just really exciting to be able to help her and I just wanted to keep doing that so then I also got involved with beast pacing and I have paced various races with them including the Rehoboth seashore half and also the um I paced the race in Bethany Beach, also paced the coastal Delaware. So for a while, my go-to time was 2.30 that I would always pace. And recently, I have been pacing the 2.45 half. So um, it's just really fun to be able to help people reach their goals and kind of serve as a moving target. Mm -hmm. And um, people always ask about running with the sign, like, are you going to run with that the whole time? And you know, people are always kind of like, I could never do that um, consistently per mile. But um, part of the key is pacing a pace that is slower than your normal race pace. So it's not like it's necessarily easy for me to run a 245 half, but it isn't my all out max pace. So that allows me to do a little bit better job making each mile even. And then I walk through the water stops. Um, as I figure I like doing that anyway, but I also feel like people in my pace group would probably enjoy that. And, um, I've had people find me at races, um, since I do pace a lot of the local races. And I also, 
enjoy pacing. Well, I will only pace a flat course because <laughs> I live in a very flat area, so I don't think that I could do as good of a job staying consistent with a hilly course. And I've paced half marathons um, because I am more confident in my half marathon abilities than, um, like I said earlier, like I'm still, I mean, even though I've now done, um, I think it's 15 marathons, I am still working on that. So the half I'm, I'm more consistent with. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I've, I've only had the um, privilege, the opportunity to, to pace once. And I, th- I can't remember if it was for a, a half marathon or like a, a 10 mile. It was, it was something in that, in that range where I was like, yeah, I, no worries about the distance. Um, the pace was, was, was a, a conservative pace for me. So it wasn't, it wasn't too much of a factor there. Um, but I, w- I would still hesitate even with a conservative pace of, of pace in the marathon, just because man, like 26.2 miles, like that's, that's a lot of time to be confident in your ability to just settle in and, and cruise. And even though I'm confident in my ability to do so, like, whew, that's, that's some pressure, which I guess brings to the question of, you know, when, when pacing, even if you're looking at the distance going, yep, it's a distance I'm comfortable with. It's a pace. I'm pretty comfortable that I can maintain. Um, what, what's what's the mindset going into a race where you're pacing and, and where you are kind of expected to be able to, you know, knock down relatively consistent splits, get to the finish line, you know, right within that, that I don't know, 30 seconds, 40 second window of, of just before the time um, so that, that the people that you're pacing are right there, right on right on the goal time um, versus a race where you're just going out to run. Like, like what's the what's the difference in preparation, difference in mindset, kind of that 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 process that you would take for those two different types of races? Yeah, so there's definitely a different mindset for pacing. Um, The last few times I have, just to kind of give myself an extra mental boost, I've gone out and done a run of maybe about eight miles, and I have a pace band where it says what cumulative time I should be at at each mile. So I've gone out and done like an eight-miler where I stay at that pace just to kind of feel Mm -hmm. what it feels like and, you know, kind of give myself some confidence you know, assuming that I will get there, which I did when I did the trainings. Um, But there's really a lot to think about while pacing. It's definitely a lot of mental math and things like that. So, and then you also have like, you know, people sometimes that will talk to you, which I'm okay with talking to people. Like I don't want them to use all their energy, but also like sometimes you are doing those calculations in your head as well. So um, anybody that's run races has probably noticed that if you do wear a watch, you usually don't get exactly the same distance. Like you might get 13.2 on your watch instead of 13.1. So as a pacer, you have to take that into account. And what I usually do is I have the pace band that says where I should cumulatively be at each mile. And I will try to get to that mile marker before the cumulative time, but not too far before because obviously you don't want to wear people out. Um, and you want to stay consistent. So there's a lot of thinking, and I think the last mile is probably the most stressful because um, with beast pacing, you can come in within a minute under, but you can't be one second over. Mm-hmm. So I miscalculated, but I, I saw the, at the Coastal Delaware last year, which was year, which was in April, I I saw the finish and I think I started to speed up, but then I was like, okay, I started to slow down or the other way around or something like that. But then I was, I think I had started to slow down and then I had to slow, I had to speed up a little bit. And my time ended up being 244.59. And because I didn't stop my watch at the exact second I crossed, I was, um, 
I had to wait to see the official results to see if I had actually come in under. So it can be a little stressful, but luckily I did make it. Have you, I'm assuming probably have, but have you had instances when pacing where um, you had to, to leave somebody who'd been with you for a while? Maybe they've been with you for eight miles, nine miles, and, and they're falling off the pace. And you know that you've got to maintain the certain pace, but you know, you've also, and, and maybe there's not been a lot of people in the group. So you've kind of, you know, you chatted with these people, you've encouraged them a little bit and they're, they're falling off and you've got to keep going. Like, if so, how, how difficult is that when you're out there and you're, you know, half three quarters of the way through the race and, um, you've got to, you've got to drop somebody to maintain your, your pacing duties. Yes. Yeah, so that has happened. I would say I would, very commonly, I would say maybe almost every time, but there's two times in particular that I can think of where I was running with somebody for a really long time. And unfortunately, like you can try to encourage the person to come with you, but even if people aren't running as part of your group, people are kind of using you as a, like a yardstick for how they're doing. Um, you know, they can see your sign from far away and then other people are just counting on you too. So unfortunately you can't stay back for those people, even if you want to. And, and it is hard, um, but you just have to keep going. And then sometimes I'll see people at the end of the race, you know, if they finish a little bit after me or something like that. But a lot of times I feel like I do kind of start out with different people than the people that I end with. Or there's been times where I was running by myself and then the spectators are like, you lost your group. But, um, you know, it's it's not always the same group throughout the whole time. But the longer somebody runs with you, the harder it is to to leave them, but you know, that it's just what you have to do. Right. Right. Um, selfishly, like, I don't know if selfish is the right way of saying it, but I'm, we're going to go with it. Cause I already said it. So we're gonna go with selfishly. <laughs> um, I felt like the one time that, that I paced, um, and I, I wish I could do it. I probably could do it more. I need to look into doing that because it's, it really was rewarding. Like I felt like I got way more out of it than I probably gave to, to the people that I was pacing with. Um, you know, just from, from feeling good, feeling like you're, you're making a difference, you're helping people out, et cetera, et cetera. Like what, what is, what is your, for lack of a better way of saying it, selfish takeaways or selfish motivations to not that they're bad selfish, but you know, just like, what is, what is some of the, the things that you get out of pacing um, that maybe you don't get on the days that you just tow the line to, to run a race without carrying the flag? Yeah. So I feel like I get a lot out of it. Um, I just personally really enjoy helping other people meet their goals and it is also, I have always wanted to make sure that everybody feels welcome in the running community. That's something that's important to me too. And I am usually with pacing, you know, I'm not pacing of the pack either. But, um, but you know, 245-ish has been my, my recent pace. It's also just like, it's usually, even though I am doing all that thinking and mental math, it is a pretty enjoyable run for me pacing um because it isn't an all-out run i can kind of enjoy the race maybe more i mean there's different things that i enjoy about when i'm racing versus pacing but there is something to be said for doing a run um getting to enjoy the race having that after party and all the things that come along with a race without being like feeling like you're going to die the whole time. Right. So, so that's definitely a positive and, you know, people are always very thankful and they, you know, they come up to you at other races and people tell them how you help them PR sometimes. 
So anything like that is always a lot of fun. Yeah, totally, totally. So shifting gears a little bit, Vanessa, um, we, we mentioned the website earlier and the, the blog and, and something that you've been doing for, for a minute. When did you, uh, you know, decide to start the, the running blog? Yeah, so my, I actually started, I used to be a local news reporter um, at the Daily Times in Salisbury, Maryland, and I started a blog on their website when I was training for my first marathon, and I called it The Road to a Marathon. Um, then at some point, I decided that I wanted to have my own site for my blog, um, and eventually I did move on from that job, so it worked out that I had started my own site. But I started She Runs by the Seashore, which is sherunsbytheseashore.com, in November 2014. So I have been doing it a long time, and I write about the different races that I do, which includes um, pacing, other races that I do for myself. Um, I've tested some products. Um, I do a monthly wrap up. So basically just like anything that pertains to my running and I've always enjoyed writing. So it's a good way to combine two things that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, I, I've been doing the podcast goodness for, for just about, uh, as long or, or goodness, I mean, it's been, yeah, July of 2014. So I guess maybe just a, just a touch longer. Yeah. Um, but but all that to say, you know, I feel like I've seen in in the podcasting world, you know, a lot of a lot of running podcasts that have started and and you know kind of faded out and and people you know whatever like it's it's no no you know it is what it is. You you move on to different things. Um, and I feel like there's probably been a lot of running blogs that were similar. They started similar times or started before. They don't no longer active things like that. Um, but all that to say, kind of what what's been? I mean, obviously you enjoy it. Um, but, but does it ever, has, has there ever been a time that you've thought about like wrapping it up or is it something that you still enjoy? Like, I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of, of times where it feels like work, but like something that you enjoy enough that like, Hey, you know, keep on keeping on as, as, as far as we can see into the future right now. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wanted to keep on keeping on with it because now that I have been doing it for so long, it's just kind of, I almost can't imagine not doing it. Um, and even though, of course, I always enjoy people saying that they read the blog or mentioning different posts or things like that, I also just enjoy doing it to recap my own running. Um, sometimes I will look back on my old posts to be like, what was my time there last year? Or just to kind of read about my experience. So it's a good way for me to kind of put my own memories down as well. Um, and then I just... I do enjoy doing it. So, you know, some posts obviously get more views than others, but even if they don't get a lot of views, at least I enjoyed doing it. So, yeah. Well, and, and like you said, I mean, it's a, it's a good time capsule to just kind of, you know, where, where were you? What were you thinking? Um, races, things like that. And, and I guess I hadn't really thought about it for the podcast, but I guess, I guess I've got a few years worth of random, you know, thoughts and things like that recorded as well. So, you know, it, it is, it is a nice little potential thing to look back on at some point currently and, and even in the future. Um, and, and just have it all, you know, written out or, or spoken out in my case, but have that, that little time caps of where you were at different times to, to refresh back on. Because, um, as we, I think we mostly all know, like your memories don't always, aren't always as accurate as, uh, the, the instant reflection. So having that, that kind of thing to, to reflect back on is kind of, kind of probably useful. Definitely. Like if I look back to some race I did in like 2015, for example, like I might remember doing it, but I probably wouldn't remember like what I was thinking at each mile or, you know, something particular that happened at that race or, 
you know, I always like it when people do come up to me at a race and they're like, oh, like, I run, your, I read your blog or she runs by the seashore. So, like, I'll usually even put that in there just because it's a good memory for me about the race. So, you know, I might not remember, like, oh, that's where I met this person or something like that. For sure, for sure. So you, you mentioned, uh, obviously we talked about a, a few different races and some of the pacing and things like that, but you mentioned earlier kind of using the marathon as a good excuse to, to travel a little bit and run some different states. Um, are, are you are you one of those, and I'm one of, the, I'm one of them, I'm, are you one of us, I guess, that is uh, officially aiming for a, a 50-state you know, type of, of marathon in every state scenario, or is it just kind of you know, run and travel and let the chips fall where they may? Yes, I would like to say I'm one of you. Um, I do think that if I am able to get to all the 50 states, um, it's going to be basically a lifetime goal. Um, I've done 11 states, um, but also a lot of those states have been, I live in Maryland, so Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, Pennsylvania, you know, some of the closer ones to Maryland, West Virginia, um, but also some far ones. Um, the farthest that I've done, I did the Big Sur marathon in California. Um, so I've done a few kind of outliers, but, um, I haven't done any of the doubles or anything where you do a marathon on one day and then you go to another state and then you do a marathon. And I know there's some where you can do multiple days in a row. So I haven't done anything like that yet. And that is a little bit intimidating. So it will probably take me longer if I don't do any of those. Yeah, it's I, I'm right there with you. I think I, I, I every time every once in a while I get the question like how many states have you run? I'm like, I think ten, maybe eleven, and it's like I did I did Marine Corps, so that's kind of you know, that's D C so it's not really a state, but it kinda counts in this like I don't know, whatever, ten, eleven, twelve, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um but but the frustrating thing is when um and I haven't had this happen many times, but you know, it inevitably happens occasionally where you travel to a state that is kind of out of the way. You know, this past summer we did a, we did an Alaskan cruise. So we went to, you know, went to Washington and left out of, out of Seattle to Alaska. And it's like, man, we're traveling all the way out here, but you know, couldn't find like just the, the logistics and whatnot. Like, you know, now I've been to Washington, I've been to Alaska, but I still haven't run a marathon in either of those states. And so now like part of me is like, cool. That means I get to go back. But also it's like, yeah, now I, you know, all the, all the logistics and travel and expense and stuff of going back. Like it would have been nice if I could have somehow weaseled away into, into running both of those. So, um, you know, it's one thing when it's local, but yeah, when you have like the random outlier state and you can't get a marathon in like, Oh, it may, you know, it's a good excuse to travel again, but it's a little bit frustrating at the same time. Definitely. And what I've been doing, um, is I have been kind of making a vacation around the race. Um, so that doesn't always work out if you have a if you have a vacation that's already planned. But for example, I had never been to Minnesota and I had heard great things about Grandma's Marathon. So I decided to do that over the summer and I I ended up just going by myself, but I did a lot of exploring and I got I got two new states that I had never visited, which were Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, and then I did the one marathon. So I got one marathon state, um, but I found that fun. And then I feel like it's a little harder to explore the area too, if you are doing a different state every day and then you have no recovery time. So you might not want to walk around or anything either. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's, you know, I mean, I guess it's one of those where it's, it's different strokes for different folks, but like some people like that's it, it, for all the, all the you know, travel and, and the expense reasons, reasons, like if you can knock out three or four or five over the course of a week or even in consecutive days, like it's a lot, but like you're able to to get it done. But then, yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of more, I think along the lines with, with you, Vanessa, where it's like, I mean, I wouldn't mind, like, like if it takes me 
25 more years or 30 more years to get there, but I can maybe try to experience each state a little bit more and, and spend a little bit of time there and, and sightsee and do the thing. Um, I think I'd rather do that than just rush to get it done by the time I, you know, whatever, turn 45 or turn 50 or whatever the case might be. Yeah, I definitely understand both. Like, I mean, I'm sure sometimes it just makes logistically more sense, but so far I've enjoyed kind of making it a vacation and doing the one race. I think, and I haven't, I haven't done this yet. Maybe if some folks listening have, you can, you can chime in and tell me if I'm right. But I feel like maybe the sweet spot is to do like a week long trip where like, you know, the first weekend you run it, you run a marathon and then you've got a week to sightsee maybe, a, you know, three days in one state and then you drive to the next state, three days in the next state. And then that next weekend, there's a, there's a race in the, in the next you know neighboring state over. I don't, I don't know how many of those opportunities it, it present. I feel like a lot of them are weekend, you know, Saturday, Sunday of the same week. Um, or the same weekend, but if you could get that, you know, Saturday of, of one week and then the next Saturday or Sunday of the, the week following, uh, maybe that's the sweet spot to knock off two birds, one stone, but still get to experience, you know, sightsee, be part of, of the local areas a little bit more. Yeah, I could see how that would be really cool. Like usually after I do a marathon, I don't want to do one for a while. So if I was going to do that, I think I would just like maybe take it slow during the first one mm-hmm. and then might also take it slow during the second one, you know, since I just did a marathon, but I'm sh- like, I feel like I could make that work. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, goodness gracious. Time is, time is flying. We got to, we got to wrap this thing up eventually, but I do want to touch on at least one more aspect of, you know, the different, different fronts of the running community that you're in. And, and that is, uh, the president of the running club. That's a, uh, you know, highfalutin. You're fancy pants over here talking to talking to the, the big shots. Um, but, uh, you know, what uh, what got you into the leadership position of the local running club? Yeah, so um, I joined the Eastern Shore Running Club back in 2013. Um, and so basically I did I was a runner coming into college, but then I didn't really start connecting with the local community until um, my boyfriend like knew somebody that knew somebody else and they were meeting at this local coffee shop. Um, Rise Up, the location has changed, but there was a group that would always run there on the weekend. So I got into meeting all of them and got to know some runners. And now I feel like I know most runners in the Salisbury area. Like sometimes when I see somebody running that I don't know, it surprises me. (laughs) But um, I became the secretary of the club in 2015. And I actually did that for seven years. And then last year I became the president. And this year I'm also the president. So um, we have really been able to grow the club a lot. Um, A few years ago, we started a scholarship fund. Um, Once I got, once I did leave the newspaper and I got a more regular hours job in 2016, I started a group run for the club. And now we have had other people also take on the roles of leading some group runs. And we now have six group runs, which is just pretty exciting to me. And Um, it's always been important for me, like I mentioned before, to make sure that everybody feels welcome, um, whether that is a new runner or somebody returning to running. Um, Sometimes people hear running club and they think, oh, like, well, they must all be super fast or I won't fit in there. But if you are listening to this and you live in Salisbury or the Lower Shore area, we are definitely excited to welcome you um i've walked with people before um done run walk um up if somebody new comes like i will you know i will stay with them unless they're faster than me and i can't keep up with them so which has happened 
Yeah, and, and you know, the beauty of a good running club is that it's not all super fast or it's not all run walk or it's not all it's not all of anything. It's it's enough that there's enough variety of folks and paces and experiences and distances um, that hopefully, you know, everybody's got a few people they can run with and you get some of those friendships. And of course you can all get together at the beginning of the end, but as, as the runs break out, um, you know, you have some that take off and some that, that are only going only quote unquote, only going, <laughs> a, you know, 5k or whatever and, and everything in the middle. Um, and that's, that's the good stuff. And I, I feel like um, for your reference, Vanessa, people listening probably are, are well aware if they've been listening for a minute, like we just, we just last year, we, we moved from, from Florida to, to Georgia and um, the the running scene in the the town we left was was really pretty awesome. Like like all kinds of like great running club, all kinds of different you know uh, sects of the running club for you know the the Thursday Hill Night group, and then there was the Morning Pack, and then there was this group, and there was that group, and all. I, but you know just a, a great all around community. Um, but I, I all that to lead up to to this question. Um, you know, you, you see, there is a, you know, the, the, the local running club Facebook group and every once in a while there's people, you know, bitching and complaining about the club doing this or this run or this thing or that, or the other, um, do, as, as president, do you have to, to deal with a bunch of, hopefully not a bunch, but the occasional, you know, ah, you know, that this thing or that thing or whatever kind of nonsense, or is your group pretty, pretty cool to just like, Hey, you know, we, we like not complaining about too much, at least not, uh, that you have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty cool group. I mean, um, it's basically just like people go to what they are available to go to. Like last year we had 183 members, um, which was a new high for us. But, um, you know, the group runs, I would say, are, um, you know, sometimes around 10 people, might be five or six. So, you know, it's just like people go to what they can and, I think that hopefully all of our members are, you know, at least most of our members are in support of the, you know, the all paces. And um, I think we get pretty good um, feedback. So, and I think sometimes people, I mean, I've definitely heard from people that I've run with that they come out and they are pleasantly surprised that it was, you know, a good experience and um, they weren't left in the dust or anything like that. So I don't think we have a lot of, complaints good well and, and consider me biased but i think that that's just i think that's hopefully for the most part the running community in general you know like like of course there's always going to be a couple of those of those folks but like in general i like to think that we're maybe the one of the most just open and inclusive and like yeah if you if you run you're a runner like come on whether you you know you're running and walking whether you're walking a lot um and hardly running at all whether you're sprinting ahead you know to a two-hour you know, whatever, two hour marathon, which I guess there's not too many people doing that, but <laughs> you know, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere fast, somewhere that, that's just way up there leading the pack. Um, we're all, you know, we're all in this together and, and we can all support each other. And, and um, hopefully that makes more often than not the, the local running clubs um, just good all around places to be. Definitely. I have always felt that about runners and I just feel like we have a really good running community down here. Um, I've met so many amazing people, which is, I mean, the reason I even wanted to get on the board to start with is, you know, because I supported the club and its mission and wanted now, like, the me and the other people on the board, like, we have helped grow the club in different ways and people have added the different group runs. And so it's it's been really nice and everybody seems to be welcoming of, of other runners. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, hopefully... Um you know, obviously, hopefully that, that trend continues as well beyond your time serving, serving the running club as the president. 
Um, but as we're as we're wrapping up today, Vanessa, I, I got one more question to to get you out of here, and it's a little bit uh, more generic, a lot more like the the introductory question, and it's called the philosophical question. Take it whichever way you want to go with it, and that's where we'll we'll put a stake in this one for today, or put a put a whatever, plant our <laughs> stake, plant our plant our flag, and call it a day. Uh, but just curious, uh, you know, at this point, you know, been been running for um, you know first marathon over 10 years ago, 11 years, 10 years ago ish, you know, something like that, depending on the exact dates now. And, and, you know, the, the years building up to it before then all the way back to, to running in, in, you know, track and cross country in high school. Um, why do you still do it? Why, why is, is running still something that, that you enjoy still something that obviously you enjoy for yourself, but you know, giving back as, as a pacer, as part of the, the running club, blogging, traveling, being an ambassador. We didn't even talk about too much about, uh, bib rave and, and run happy, but the ambassadors, the, the groups that you're part of, um, why is running still such an important part of your life? Yeah, so I would say that the most important thing to me with running has always been the people because, like, once I started to really get to know um, all these different runners, like, I've made so many great friends and there's just so many supportive people out there and, you know, even, like, the people that you can help through pacing and the people that you can help get into running um, when they first start and, being there to support those people and just making great friendships and the running club. We also have social events too. So you can kind of get to know people outside of the runs. Like maybe if it is somebody that's at a different pace and you never end up running together, but you can get to know them. And I do just really enjoy running, obviously, (laughs) or I probably wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. Um, But even when I'm not traveling really far for a race or anything, I have always enjoyed using running as a way to see different areas. I've gone to different towns, explored different trails. Um, Around COVID, I started running as many streets as I could in my city of Salisbury, Maryland, and I got to about 93%. There were some roads that were like, you know, closed or private or something, but I, I, I saw a lot of new areas. I think before that I was only at about 18 and a half percent, at least on this website, but I feel like there's just so many positives about running. And of course it's also a healthy activity. So that is, is positive as well, but I would say the people and the, and the sites. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And, uh, um, as is often the case with the philosophical question, I'm just kind of here nodding along going, yep. Yeah, I can, I totally, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, y'all, if you also agree, which I'm sure you, most of you probably do, and you want to, you know, maybe connect always, always good to make another running connection online. Maybe if you're, you know, in the, in the local Salisbury area, you can connect with her in person as well, but online she runs by the seashore.com is the website, Twitter and Instagram is it's, just her name, which actually is, is nice when it's, that's the case. It's the same handle, both places, Twitter and Instagram at Vanessa Junkin. That's V again, V A N E S S A J U N K I N. Disruns.com slash 1142. We'll get you back to the show notes for today. And like I said earlier, everything will be linked up. Things we talked about. And of course the socials, the website, all those, all those good things. Disruns.com slash 1142. Uh, Vanessa, thanks for, uh, for making the time today. It's, it's definitely been a pleasure. Um, and, and looking forward to one of these days, maybe hopefully, um, where maybe I find myself in Salisbury looking for a a group run or something like that and, and, uh, getting a chance to meet you in person. But, um, until then many more happy miles, 
good luck on on the 50 states. I don't know. We're not racing, but uh, maybe maybe we'll we'll uh, you know bump into each other at somewhere somewhere random, North Dakota or something like that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, happy great. miles and, and happy uh, good luck chasing some of those PRs, and uh, no doubt you're going to get them too. But thanks for the time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I could talk about running all day. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Vanessa and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Um, for me, it, it goes back to when Vanessa was talking about looking at um, you know, some PRs from maybe 10 years ago and thinking like, gosh, I, I wouldn't mind getting there, but right now it's kind of a stretch. And then setting some some goals for 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 more recent PRs. You know, what are her times for the last couple of years in certain races, and can I improve upon that time? Hopefully, ultimately getting towards those PRs from a decade ago at some point in the not too distant future. And I think that the, the reason it stood, stood out to me, and, and maybe it's it's more of the coaching side of me than than the personal side of me. Although there's there's I can't pretend like there's not a little bit of competitiveness still in me of of wondering. If I can still touch some of my PRs from back in the day, you know, I mean, I haven't run a, a 5k, a hard 5k in a while, but you know, could I, could I get back under 20 minutes? Like, I don't know, but like maybe, but anyway, like the, the point being that whether or not long ago PRs are, are realistically possibilities for us or not, I think that, that one of the beauties of the sport, and, and this has come up, you know, various times, one of the beauties of running is that you know, we can set different, different time goals, whether it's, it's PR, you know, from the time you, you turn 30 or the time you turn 40 or whatever, you know, PRs for this decade, or, you know, like Vanessa's doing setting time goals for the last couple of years. Can I improve upon where I was a year ago? And again, especially for those of us that are competitive. And I certainly class myself in that group. I think that sometimes it's, it's easy to look at PRs from, you know, before kids or high school days or whatever, and think, God, I could never get there. But that doesn't mean you can't still set time goals and still improve upon goals, you know, paces that you've run recently. And I just think that that, that reframe sometimes in terms of maybe, maybe, maybe you can't get back to where you were when you were 22, right? Like maybe. <laughs> Father time does a thing, and maybe that's just, that's just not realistic. It, it might be, but maybe it's not. But it doesn't mean we can't improve upon our times from two years ago, four years ago, five years ago, um, and still have, still have some numbers to chase. So I guess, I guess my takeaway is, is just this idea of when it comes to time goals and, and I know a lot of us have us, not everybody, but a lot of us do. Um, it's okay to, to cook the books a little bit. It's okay to change, change a time goal focus. I mean, shoot, you know, Boston, there's a reason I need to get older, right? Or at least that, that's why that's part of my strategy to qualify for Boston is to get older because that makes the time goals different than where they are right now. And that's, for me, that's probably going to be an important piece of the puzzle. So, you know, don't be afraid to do that with just, and I say this to myself more than anybody else, don't be afraid to do that for time goals for a 5K or a half marathon or whatever the distance might be. So that's my takeaway. Don't be afraid to change change targets a little bit um, to give yourself, you know, still still a challenge, but something that maybe is a little bit more achievable at the moment. Um, what about you though? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always, if you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, if you head over to the show notes for today, photos, links, the whole nine, it also includes that comment section down there at the bottom, Dizruns.com slash 1142. We'll get you there, Dizruns.com slash 1142. 
to get back to the show notes, share your thoughts and feedbacks all down there in that comment section if you're so willing. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. One last call for AminoCo. Uh, aminoco.com slash disruns is the link. Of course, we've got that link in the, the, the description of today's episode. You can find it on your device. It's certainly there on the blog post for those handful of you that listen to the podcast there. But wherever you're listening to it, we should have that link available to just one click. And make sure you use the code disruns at checkout. That'll save yourself 30% on your purchase as well. Aminoco.com slash disruns. Disruns at checkout to save 30%. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up officially, officially this time. Y'all, thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Vanessa and I with you today. Until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks one more time for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.